Welcome to the e-commerce podcast with Matt Edmondson, a show that brings you regular interviews, tips and tools for building your business online. Well, hello, and welcome to the e-commerce podcast with me, your host, Matt Edmondson. All of this week's notes and links can be found at ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 92. We are on episode 92 already. Can you believe it? Man, it just goes by so quick. So this week, do you want to know the secret sauce to getting more sales? Well, of course you do. Now, according to Cody, it is as simple as giving stuff away for free. And so we're going to show you how to do it. Yes, we are. Well, not me, but Cody's going to show you how to do it. So don't go anywhere. Hey there, are you a business owner? Here at Orion Digital, we know firsthand that running an e-commerce business can be really hard work. As the online space gets more competitive, it is becoming even more challenging to stay ahead of the curve. We totally get it. So we want to help you succeed by offering a wide range of services from fulfillment, marketing, customer service, and even coaching and consulting, just so that you can do what matters most. Save yourself the time and the money and let us handle the day-to-day tasks. This way, you can run your business without having to worry about the boring stuff. So what do you say? Are we a good fit for each other? Come check us out at oriondigital.com and let us know what you think. Thanks for joining us on the e-commerce podcast. It is great that you are here, genuinely great. So thank you for joining us. Appreciate you being part of the e-commerce podcast family, tuning in and listening to the show. We're here simply to help you grow your e-commerce and digital business. It's what we want to do. It's what we want to do. And to do that, we have a mixture of fab sponsors who we think are going to help you, but also we have truly amazing guests who are experts in their own field with stories and insights, and I get to dig into it. Yes, I get to ask them all kinds of amazing questions that we can use uh, to help us start, adapt, and grow online. And today is no exception because I get to talk to the all-round good egg, which is Cody. Uh, And Cody got his start in the industry by working at Kalo. I think I'm pronouncing that right, Q-A-L-O. And they are a brand that created the silicon wedding ring. Now, some of you keen-eyed viewers may notice that I actually wear silicon wedding rings. Yes, I do. And I have actually purchased some of those products. So I was especially excited to talk to uh, Cody on this one because... I purchased the products. I was really, really uh, sold in. Uh, But what he's doing now, what Cody is doing now, he is the co-CEO at Kinship, which is an agency that is paving the way for the future of influencer marketing. Over the course of five years, he has built out a robust influencer program all through the foundation of seeding, whilst also working with household names such as LeBron James and Dale Earnhardt Jr. So, He knows what he's talking about, is the bottom line. So I was really keen to dig into this. Here is my interview with Cody. So Cody, thank you for joining me here on the e-commerce podcast. Great to connect, great to chat. You, I have to be honest with you, it looks like you're in a very bright, sunny room, (laughs) uh, which is contrasting a lot to my slightly darker room. Uh, (laughs) What's going on there? Yeah, I'm in Orange County, California. So the other side of the world from you. But thanks for having me. Oh, no, it's great great that you could join us. Appreciate it. I just love technology now and the fact that we've just got so used to just having conversations with people halfway around the world, not even thinking twice about Seriously, it. Seriously, that's so uh, true. It's crazy, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's crazy. And in fact, we get slightly annoyed if it's a little bit glitchy. <laughs> What's going on? Exactly, exactly. Yep. I don't, I don't, it's just, it's just funny, isn't it? As sort of our expectations now of technology, certainly following the pandemic. Um, but yeah, are you are you a native uh, Orange County, California dude, or are you are you an import? I am. I am born and raised, so I haven't left these parts quite yet. Ah, okay. It's definitely it's definitely not how expensive it is that's keeping me here. That's for sure. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Maybe it's the weather. Yeah, you know, I, you it know, probably I is. This more. Fascination when it's. Yeah, yeah. 
I always have a fascination when I talk to guests, you know, but, and I'm curious to know where they live, mostly because I get slightly envious about the weather. <laughs> as, as, I, as you would living in the UK, you talk to other people around the world, which is great. Um, and part of you feels, you know, slightly smug that you're English. The other part of you goes, <laughs> we've got really crap weather. So, you know, <laughs> yes. it's, it's one of those. It's one of those. So listen, the title of today's uh, podcast is Why Giving Stuff Away Leads to More Sales. That's what we're going to get into. Um, the whole uh uh when we when we did our pre-call um, and regulars to the show know will know that we do a pre-call we always have a conversation a separate call before we record the podcast um so that we can figure out so i can understand you know what we're going to talk about and so on and so forth and you came up uh with a phrase i'd not heard before in that call which i really want to get into and that was influencer seeding mm -hmm. right um, this was this was a I thought it was a really great phrase and um, uh, you know it, it, so I'm I'm looking forward to getting into that a little bit more so can we start maybe there and maybe that's a big place to start but influencer seeding what what is it and why should I care? It's <laughs> a great question. Um, influencer seeding all that means is sending out product for free to influencers. That's how we typically define it. Um, why you should care is it's the best way to start and facilitate relationships with influencers. So if you actually, and for those listening, want to build a community around your brand, which 99% of brand owners that I talk to care about community, care about um, leveraging influencers, starting relationships with influencers, don't know necessarily how to go about it. They see a lot of pay for posts. They see a lot of you know, transactional things happening. They see their competitors killing it. There's so much noise. Mm -hmm. We just say, start with sending your product out for free. Start with getting it in your hands. So you're an influencer, Matt. I'm going to give you my hat products and you're either going to love it. You're going to kind of dig it and it's okay. Or you don't really like it a lot. Um, mm -hmm. But most of the time, even in just our outreach message, we can we can understand and based on you just saying yes i'd love to receive this you're probably interested in it um it's not just because it's free but you actually are digging the product um so you got to start there because and please cut me off because i can just keep going down a rabbit hole with yeah. this um you got to start there because i think you want genuine advocacy um but a lot of people, what drives them down to advocacy with influencers is money and a contract. And it just doesn't make sense because if you compare it to your customers, it's actually illegal to pay, pay the money to leave a review. But we yeah, think it's different. Rightly so. We, yeah, and we think it's different with influencers. Oh, well, I'll just pay you for a review or a post on it. <laughs> That's very true. And, That's very, such a good point, actually. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, yeah, it just doesn't make sense when we actually think about it. It's, and it takes a little bit longer, but the yeah. rewards are, are greater. So this um, this idea then behind influencer marketing and influencer seeding by giving, um, in effect, uh, hence the title of the show, why giving stuff away leads to more sales, right? It's like we're giving our stuff away. But we're not, and this is an important point you raised, um, we're not giving it away for free. We're not giving it up. Well, we are giving it away for free. We're not giving it away willy nilly. I don't know if that phrase translates across <laughs> the Atlantic. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we're, we're not just sort of randomly right. throwing this out to people. It, the, the thing that you said, and it was just a small phrase that I wrote down that, that struck me is um, you're going to influencers, and if they say yes to your product, then you are sending them your product. You're not just blindingly. Mm -hmm sending this out. At least that's what I picked yeah. up. Is that right? Yeah. And I would even back up a step further. You're targeting the right influencers. It's not just mm -hmm. if I continue with the hat brand and I happen to fall in, it's a running hat that's athletic wear. I'm not just sending it to the stay at home mom or, you know, just anybody willy nilly, I guess you could say. Um, but yeah, you're, you're targeting the right influencers based on who your brand is, who your customer is, and who the influencers that influence those customers. Um, so yeah, I would say like 
it becomes that much more important on who you're actually looking to send out product to because like you're saying if you're going to send it out you want it to be people that you'd be proud that they actually represent your brand they wear your product otherwise why are you even outreaching to them yeah exactly exactly and i think um the other thing you mentioned cody was that the people that you talk to want to build an online community it's become it's become like the buzz term and everyone wants to do it. I need an online community. That's what we need right. to build the online community. And then when you actually talk to people about what that means, it's like, yeah, yeah, I want to build it, but I don't, I don't want all of that. Can't you just give me the community? Yep. If I give you money, can you give it to me? And it's like, no, 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 it doesn't quite work like that. So, um, so we start off by choosing our influencers, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's what you said. Um, so how, how would you go about doing that? Yeah. Um, and, you know, does that change if I'm just starting out versus if I'm well-established or, or are the principles the same? I'd say they're generally the same. I mean, startups, you should have a good idea of what your customer will be or who they will be, even though you don't necessarily have a ton of data around it compared to someone who's been mm-hmm. in business for 10 years. But generally, it is the same. You're finding influencers that would represent that customer. Um, you know, so if I have a running sock brand, then I'm going to find running influencers that, um, would impact my potential customer that would be runners, um, mm-hmm. same sort of thing. So I think you can go a little bit more broad, uh, you know, two to three different personas, um, that would represent that customer, but essentially it's just, yeah, it's that, you, you know, we could go example by example of tr- in terms of trying to find the right influencers um, mm. in terms of other things that in, in, in identification. So that's kind of like the persona piece, like the qualitative metric mm-hmm. and how you kind of fill those buckets of people. Um, secondly, is just around certain products. If you have different, you know, most stores don't have one SKU product. Um, so if there's a variety of different products and they kind of represent a little bit different personas, then you could find different influencers that are around those products. But we, we definitely recommend starting with micro influencers in terms of identifying Mm -hmm. micro influencers, how we define it. If you Google right now, micro influencers, you're going to get a million different definitions out there. Um, well, this was actually going to be one of my questions to you. I mean, we're talking about influence. Of course, the obvious question here is, what, what, what the heck is an influence? <laughs> how do I, how do I, def- how do I know? How do I find someone on Instagram and go, "You're an influencer. You're not." Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? How, how do, how do I know? Do you know what I mean? And the, so, yeah, how do you define? Yeah, that? the easy, the easy answer is just someone who has a social media following that has even significance. But even that is kind of going down now too. Like. I would say minimum of a thousand influencers. Um, mm-hmm. You know, those are typically called nano influencers, but we focus on between five and 150K and that's our definition, five to 150K of following. And that's our definition, our very broad range of micro influencers. Um, but yeah. T- that's really interesting that somebody with 150,000 followers is now classed as a micro influencer. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's it. I'm just I'm just trying to picture the guy that's got 150,000 yeah. followers going. I've worked so hard to get this. I'm just a bloody micro influencer. When will I? When will I emerge? Yeah. When will I just be an influencer? You know, that's a good, that's a good point. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, it's just kind of I would I would easily define an influencer as someone who has social media following. But to kind of go on a macro basis, it's just kind of the no duh definition of anybody who has influence and um, that person doesn't doesn't necessarily have to have a social media following um they could just be a non-competing brand in your same industry that knows a ton of different people that knows a lot of different people that you would if you could get them your product they would tell a lot of different people about it but they might have yeah no social media um so yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's, um, I mean, I, you see that all the time, actually, in the podcast world, don't you, you, um, they might not have a social media following, but they've got listeners on a podcast channel. So they might get sponsored right. somewhere they're classed as an influence, right? So I, I, it comes down to outreach, isn't it? Who you can reach and, and I guess, do you do it on the basis of then, 
if I go to Instagram and I'm looking for, you know, a guy that's going to wear my athletic sports hat, um, I'm looking, I, I, I understand the persona mm-hmm. um, and I can go to their account and I can see how many people are following them. Am I looking at other things like how active they are? Are they promoting other brands? Yeah. Are they, um, are they engaged or is there, is there some kind of website that I can go to and put their, you, you know, their sort of handle hash, their, their username in and it comes back with some kind of report. I, I, what, what else am I looking for here? Yeah. Great questions. There's a lot there. Um, so one, I'd be looking at an active profile. So you kind of mentioned that, that buzzword, um, that active profile means like they haven't, their last post wasn't in 2019 or, you know, mm-hmm. even a couple of months ago. Like, I just want to be confident that you're active on the platform that you're posting consistently, um, every few days or so. Um, I want to see a minimum engagement rate of at least 1%. So that's the combination of likes and comments divided by follower count. Um, or the reverse follower count divided by the combination of likes and comments. Uh, I want to see, you know, fake followers. I definitely want to eliminate that. So extremely high or low, uh, engagement rate compared to your follower count. So 150,000 followers and on their posts, they get 20 likes and zero comments, red flag. Mm -hmm. Um, or the reverse, you know, 5,000 followers and they're getting 10,000 likes on a photo. Like you're like, "Mm." so, um, either or there, um, Mm -hmm. as far as discovery, there's a lot of tools out there. I mean, type in influencer marketing discovery tool. You're going to get flooded, uh, with different software. Um, Mm -hmm. There's free ones that people listening could use at their disposal, though, one of which is Instagram itself. I mean, go to any influencer profile. If you're not already following them, you can hit a little button on a drop-down arrow. You can hit a drop-down arrow, and it populates algorithm-picked influencers that are all similar to that profile. Long before, long before all these softwares were available, this is like back in the day when mm-hmm. I was internally at a, at a brand, that's where I did all my influencer discovery because that was kind of the only option, right? at least that I discovered. Okay. So it was just hours of free influencer discovery, all based on the algorithm. Um, so similar hashtags, similar posts, similar things in their bio. Um, TikTok, Creator Marketplace. So Google that, Creator Marketplace. You can sign up. Um, so those are some of the free tools. And then, you know, mm-hmm. if there's paid tools i have recommendations on those as well uh what we use as an agency is called tagger it's expensive but um if you can <laughs> sounds expensive <laughs> it's expensive yeah there's a there's a brand That's... called i don't know if you're familiar with the brand called stella stella r twice it's a, mm-hmm. a, a lager yeah. a beer which they sell here in the uk and um, their tagline, which I think is probably one of the best taglines ever, is Stella Artois, reassuringly expensive. Uh, I just thought it, I just thought it was brilliant. It, just, it solves so many problems. They know, they know what they are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just reassuringly expensive. So don't be surprised if it's a few <laughs> pounds more. Check out. And so um, that's Tagger, isn't it? Tagger, reassuringly expensive. <laughs> Tagger, expensive. Just expensive. That's Maybe a, just expensive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. So that, I mean, that's, uh, Cody, that's super helpful. I'm starting to, I'm starting to build a picture now in my head of what an influencer is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm, I, I, you know, in terms of, you know, they're being active, their follower count, their brand fit and so on and so forth. How do you, um, how do you reach out to these guys? Um, do you just message them on Instagram? Is it a, a because I, I don't know, I'd, I'd be, I think I'd be afraid of just becoming across as a little weird or stalking. You know, I, I get messages all the time on Instagram. I got one today, actually, just before I came down here, I was checking Instagram. Some fella sent me a message saying, Matt, it took me two hours to prepare this for you. Click this link to see more. And I'm just like, yeah, no, no, just delete. no. Right. And so that's where they get all of your weird. credit card information. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> uh, and so I, I just go, no. Um, so yeah, is there a is there a strategy, um, sort of a broad broke strategy here that you could use to to reach out to these folks? Yeah, so you you touched on a couple of things there with like 
how to actually get a hold of these people. And then once you identify the contact information, what does that message look like? Um, so not a spammy, click a link here. Uh, so that, that's definitely for sure. But um, how to get there, I mean, that goes into the, some of the tools that I mentioned, like the contact information is listed within those free tools. A lot of these influencers, they're, you know, they want to be contacted, so they're not making it difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, on Instagram itself, you can DM anybody. You can go on and DM um, LeBron James right now. Um, mm-hmm. So, but a lot of these influencers will list their email and, and like a contact button or anything like that. That would be my recommendation just because when you're talking about Instagram specifically, there is going to be limitations on how many DMs you can send out. So they, they protect right. the, the privacy and all that stuff. So you're going to hit limitations there. Um, you know, TikTok creator marketplace, that's kind of self-explanatory. There's, you know, you can build out campaigns, invite influencers, stuff like that. But as far as outreach, I mean, this goes back to our philosophy of seeding. So that message looks simply, hey, Matt, you know, we think you're a great brand fit. We love the content you consistently put out. We'd love to send you our product, no strings attached. And all that no strings attached means is we have no expectations for you to do anything with our product, such as post, um, in return for us sending you the product. So that that messaging completely aligns with our belief system and philosophy of mm-hmm. building relationships on giving and not asking, which is seeding 101. Mm-hmm. Um, so what most brands do is, hey, Matt, they finally get a hold of you. Matt's never heard of my brand before. And then I say, my first impression of my brand to you is, will you post three times? It's like, okay. bro, I've never heard of you before. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't, I've never seen your product on an ad, like anything, you know, so which is most brands, obviously this isn't like Nike outreaching yeah. or anything like that. So, yeah. And you know what? I, I understand why they would do that as well. So I'm thinking about sure. some of the e-commerce companies I've got. You're, you're sending out in effect some product, which is worth 50 bucks, 60 bucks, mm-hmm. whatever it is, you know, you're, you're sending and it's a reasonable value by the time you've paid the shipping in your head, you're kind of, it's very hard, I think for the, for the entrepreneur who is, you know, fighting for every diamond dollar totally. to go, sure, here, just have this no strings attached. Do you know what I mean? And so I can understand why totally. they're in their head they're going, no, 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 we, we need three posts. We need your inside leg measurement. You know, we want to know your grandma's maiden name. I mean, there's, I get why they would want extra information. But what I'm understanding <clears throat> or what I'm hearing from you, Cody, is actually whilst that makes sense, from a from a just a pure surface level, it just doesn't work. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I think you got to think about influencer marketing is more human than every other marketing channel. Like, it's not like mm-hmm. going to your Facebook ad account dashboard and just putting in your credit card information, putting on a photo, building out an ad, and then just pressing go. Like, you're not dealing with a machine; you're dealing with a human, and so people are missing that you know it's like oh machine matt who posts consistently for brands uh here's like what i want like why can't you just do that i'm awesome like here's my product mm-hmm. like sure does that work does some influencers not care and they, they'll just take it like obviously like that's why the market that we have but i would just say you're settling when you can have so much more you can have this actual relationship um there's compounding value once you start actually start getting this product out there you have you can build a brand on people with your product um consistently posting about it rather than just settling for one you know like there it's just short term versus long term right um and we'll get into our process too like there's definitely short term roi i think just the initial message is it just has to be relationship first because then like I, I want UGC, I want organic posting, I want, you know, rights for ad campaigns. Like I want all these things too. I'm no different. I'm just saying like, there's a proper way to start the relationship. Like what's the best yeah. approach to building a long-term value with this influencer where most brands do get on the phone with me and say, yeah, I want an online community. Like we've been saying, and, you know, I want all these influencers posting about me consistently. And it's like, well, great. Your behavior has to match that belief system. 
what most people do is exactly what you're describing, you know, because they get caught up in the, this is yeah. costing me money. I need direct ROI now. Um, yeah. But that will come. Like, it's just, there's a little bit of patience. <laughs> um so <laughs> and a little bit of faith as well it, it, you know right I mean? but that's all marketing right like there's always inherent yeah. risk with you know turning on ads yeah, like is. you're not going to get a conversion yeah. right away on facebook ad account yeah. dashboard you trust that system you trust that process yeah. like you got to trust this process so as trust well this one yeah that's no, very very good uh we are going to get into this in a whole lot more detail in, in just a few minutes but in the meantime let's hear from this week's show sponsors did you know that nutrition is one of the keys to maintaining the energy you need to drive your business forward? Vegetology creates incredible, unique supplements in an eco-friendly, ethical and sustainable way that feed your body with the precise nutrients it needs. We're not just making you healthier, we're helping to protect our planet too. Our products are vegan friendly and approved by the Vegan and Vegetarian Society. Plus, they're gluten-free so they fit perfectly into any lifestyle. They also contain no artificial colors or flavors, making them good for your taste buds too. You can feel good about your food choices with our healthy, natural supplements. We have something for everyone, whether you want to boost your immune system or just get more energy every day. And we're always working on new ingredients so that we can provide even better products in the future. So what are you waiting for? Get started now by heading over to vegetology.com. Hey there, are you a business owner? Here at Orion Digital, we know firsthand that running an e-commerce business can be really hard work. As the online space gets more competitive, it is becoming even more challenging to stay ahead of the curve. We totally get it. So we want to help you succeed by offering a wide range of services, from fulfillment, marketing, customer service, and even coaching and consulting, just so that you can do what matters most. Save yourself the time and the money and let us handle the day-to-day -day tasks. This way, you can run your business without having to worry about the boring stuff. So what do you say? Are we a good fit for each other? Come check us out at oriondigital.com and let us know what you think. Cody, um, before the before the sponsor break, um, you you used this phrase um, compounding value, mm -hmm. uh, which I thought was such a wonderful phrase that by giving your products away. And the key phrase here was no strings attached. Um, you're compounding value by building relationship uh, with people. And, and we said at the start, we're not giving it away willy nilly. We are in <laughs> fact very targeted in- That should be the show title, man. Uh, giving, giving products away willy nilly. That's a better show title. And you know what? There's going to be so many people going, what the heck does that mean? Um, it is funny, isn't it? The different, we speak the same language, but there are so many phrases. Oh, so, many, translate. so many differences. Yeah, it's, it's hysterical, really. Um, and so, yeah, you talked about this short-term versus long-term thinking. Uh, and and this was your sort of um, your your philosophy. So... I'm I'm there. I'm I've I've reached out to Fred, who's you know, and Fred, do you want to? I just want to send you my hat, bro. No strings attached. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And he says yes. He gives me a shipping address. He sends it out. Do I? Um, is that it? Is there some kind of follow up mechanism? What's your process? I guess here. Yeah. Well, um, to to dealing with this, I, it might be helpful to just our process now we're an agency mm -hmm. so we can do this at scale on behalf of brands so we're reaching out to 500 influencers in a month mm -hmm. for a brand internally for like the solo person that i was managing influencer marketing at my brand that like i understand that that takes six months for most people and to even just identify 500 influencers so like Let's scale this down to yeah, just scares me to be fair. Yeah, let's <laughs> scale this down. But just the process still remains of just like identification, outreach, sending them the product. And then there is a communication flow that I would definitely recommend as far as follow up. Like after you know that they've received the product, um, you can send a message that, hey, how are you liking the product? Um, we send that three days after they've received the product. Um, 
regardless of if they've posted or not. So we're going to get into our expectations of just, we see free organic posting going live from our seeding efforts. 30% of people that we send product to will post for free without us even asking. So that's a benchmark wow. that I think brands should have internally. Is Okay, 30%. I mean, that's, that's higher than I thought it would be, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. And that 30%, when those influencers are posting, they're posting on average two to three assets each. So they, they might be throwing up three stories. They might post those three three assets over a period of time, depending on your product and using it consistently. Um, so there is a follow-up flow. Um, and so our process goes from identification, communication, sending out the product, um, tracking organic posting we use software for that and i can go into and tell you exactly what that is when we see posts go live we reach out for content rights which is important since we started the relationship the right way like we've been talking about a lot of these influencers are giving us rights to use the content for free again so free posts and free rights and then leveraging that content within paid and then we're sending out an nps survey to all the influencers so that's kind of like our a38 through Z process to address your specific question on just communication flow. Like I send it to Fred and then I just wait, like, what do I do? If you're doing it on a one by one basis, there's nothing wrong with following up. Um, especially if you haven't seen them post, you know, they got the product maybe three days prior. It could be a, a little elbow nudge to basically say like, Hey, how are you liking the product without asking for it again? But it might, if they love it, it, it might mm -hmm. encourage them to post. Um, regardless, they could give you great product feedback and they could be asking for a discount code because they loved it so much um, to share with their followers. So that's some of that compounding value. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and, or if they have posted already, you can reach out for content rights, stuff like that. So that was kind of a lot there. But yeah, yeah, no, it's that, but that's useful. Can I, um, I've got all that written down. So yeah, okay. let, let me just assure you, dear listener and viewer, that we're going to come back and circle on some of these points. Um, so if I, if I go back, right, I've got, um, my, my list of 500 influencers I, that I want to reach <laughs> out to. Um, how many of those 500 influencers, maybe this is a, a really inane question. How long is a producer strange? I mean, but how many of those 500 do you expect to go, sure, send me your free product? 20%. So that's 100. Okay. So it's just now we're starting to work the numbers, aren't we? So if to, to get 100 people to say yes, I need to contact 500. Out of those 100 people that say yes, 30 of them will put some kind of content upon their feed without too much drama these are just sort of general benchmarks um just give 30 percent will sort of an idea yeah we'll post on average two to three times each so this is how a brand yeah. our brands are ending up with a minimum of 60 to 90 unique assets from influencers that are not just ugc generation but they're also posted on their feeds stories mm -hmm. whatever platform that we outreach to them and then you know we're getting that those assets to be leveraged within paid. So you're getting paid and organic combination. Yeah. Okay. So the, um, you then, uh, the, the 60 or well, the 70% that don't post for free, do a portion of those reach out and say, this is great. Can we come to some kind of arrangement or deal? Um, some of which are just never going to get in touch with you again. I appreciate it. I don't know. What is it about half maybe? Um, so, what happens to the other sort of 70% if that makes sense? Yeah. So we're sending out, I would, and I would recommend this, we send out a survey to all the influencers that do receive product, regardless if they post or not. So all 100, let's just mm -hmm. say. So that includes those 70 people um, of an MPS survey, basically. How likely are you recommend this to a friend? But we do have a question in there as well. If we wanted to work with you officially, because we're communicating on behalf of the brand, how interested would you be in this? And we see on average, mm. 80 to 90% of people are saying, yes, I'd be interested in this, regardless of if they've posted or not. And so when they, mm. they say, you know, yes, eight, eight through 10 on that scale, then they drop their handle. So just super valuable in addition to any other feedback, um, things of that nature. So 
your direct question of like what happens with those 70 well a lot of those could have not posted that they've filled out that survey and basically said like yes i would love to work with you um mm -hmm. and now the brand has those relationships in-house to be able to follow up with them directly and say yes okay let's work together you know because some of these brands that are approaching us as well already maybe have an affiliate program that they've kind of dabbled with they don't have time to actually mm -hmm. import these people like recruit people to their affiliate program um well now like our services our seeding campaigns have served as sort of top of funnel if you will and so we're funneling all those people mm -hmm. into their affiliate program um mm -hmm. so again that was kind of a lot there but like with those 70 people that's what i would say is like mm -hmm. there's incredible data that's coming back regardless of yeah, You know, because you have feedback of them posting, sure, you know, those 30 for sure love you. But then there's other people that maybe didn't decide to post, but they filled out that survey and they're like, yeah, man, like, I love the product. I loved it. Um, I would love to work with you. This is how many people I told about it. You know, this is, I would purchase the product on my own, like all this, you know, and you can use that data to determine if this person's a big advocate of you. Yeah. No, that's really and I, again just touching on something that you said that i the rabbit hole keeps growing uh, <laughs> yes <laughs> it's we're just going further and further down um uh you mentioned affiliate program right and how clients come to you and they've they've not really done the affiliate thing they've kind of dabbled and you're using this in effect to put them in the top of funnel of your affiliate program i'm just thinking um if I'm reaching out to micro influencers and I'm selling an average price product, I'm not selling, you know, like a Lamborghini or something where there's huge profit margins, but it's just a typical product like a hat or a T-shirt mm -hmm. or um, a food supplement or headphones, right. whatever it is, right? I've sent you the product for free. You love it. You try it. Um, and they fill in the survey and say, listen, we would love to work with you further on this. Um, I hear stories, which means everybody hears stories of Kim Kardashian saying, if you want me to post an Instagram post, it's 400 million trillion pounds, yeah. do you know what I mean? Or whatever the, the, the latest figure is. And so you're gonna, so again, the, the guy who was, who was apoplectic because he's had to send the product out for free and not had any, you know, uh, agreement, um, gets this, yeah, can we work back further? What sort of, um, I think rules is a wrong wrong phrase. What sort of principles, what sort of ideas are we should I be thinking about as an entrepreneur when working with these micro influencers? You know, is it a fixed price thing? Is it come join my affiliate program? Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? Yeah, yeah. The short answer is it. It really depends on what the entrepreneur wants, like what you guys are wanting to do internally. Um, I always say, okay you know, seating has lended you to a pool of people that have proven to be genuine advocates of now of you. Now, do with it what you want. So for some people, that's an affiliate program. Some people, that's a UGC, you know, pool of people that create consistent UGC on a month-to-month -month basis that you leverage with them paid. Um, others, it's an ambassador drop-down menu on their website, et cetera, et cetera. I would recommend in terms of contracts, uh, in terms of now it gets to the point of like actually working with these influencers. I would, one, I would see how that content's performing within paid, uh, see who's performing best, and then actually contract these people. I think getting them onto an affiliate program is, is kind of, why not? Um, mm -hmm. so giving them a discount code, giving them a commission, if they want to continue to post and it's a good motivation for them to continue to post. Um, and then I would contract them for consistent monthly UGC. Um, mm -hmm. and we get, this is opening, deepening the rabbit hole, but, uh, we can get into <laughs> Pandora's box. Yeah, it yeah. is. It is, uh, <laughs> you know, things to include in the contract and stuff yeah. like that. So, yeah. Well, well, we will come back to contracts because you've mentioned about getting contract rights and, and stuff like that as well. So some of maybe some of the key things we need to think about there. Right. Um, but I, I just want to uh, close the circle a little bit, if I can, because, again, you've you mentioned it a couple of times about using um, the UGC, which is user generated content for those that might be thinking, what, what the heck is UGC? It's, this is the content that the influencer has created mm -hmm. that, that they, they, they post on social media. 
You've mentioned about using that in paid media. Just briefly explain what you mean by that. Yeah. Um, for, for those that might not understand what that means. Essentially, it's just the content that they've created, turning that and actually turning those into ads within Facebook and Instagram advertising. That's what I mean by that. Yeah, so you're taking their content, their images, maybe their testimonial, their story, and that actually is your ad, which says click here to find out more about what Correct. Fred thinks about hats or whatever. And um, and you're and actually that becomes quite it's quite an interesting form of paid media, isn't it? Because it's very different to the here's my hat, buy it. You're actually going here's what Fred thinks about mm-hmm. my hat. Why don't you find out more? Right. Um, and actually, uh, it, it has quite. It's quite interesting results when you do the two different types of marketing, sort of measure them alongside each other. I don't know if you found anything sort of correlation between the two, but I, I find that um, UGC advertising is great on Instagram in terms, of, especially if the photography is done well. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It interrupts people quite nicely. Um, so yeah, I don't know if you've got any anecdotal evidence on that or any thoughts. Yeah, I mean, especially video content um, is high performing, and and I would say that the UGC on the dashboard on Facebook, we definitely see a significant. Well, let's just break it down. Like these these networks are human to human creation networks. You know, they're meant to be just friends interacting with their friends. So when you see a product on a white background versus Matt you know, when you're scrolling on the feed, talking about a product that he loves, that's just more native to the feed. That's all that that means. You're used to seeing that type of content. It is more, and there's a lot of data around this, which I don't have memorized off the top of my head, but a lot of data around, even when it's clearly an ad, but it's a human talking to a human, there's just a significant difference. And people just flat out are filling out stats and surveys and basically saying, yeah, that doesn't make it, I know it's an ad, but it doesn't make a difference to me. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it just speaks to the power of that. These are human-human networks at the end of the day. And so the more human that you yeah. can make it, the better it'll be. And that's why UGC works incredibly well. Mm. Yeah, and I, the thing I love about your philosophy here or your, uh, your principles, your methodology, whatever language, you know, resonates. But the thing I love about it is it's your – you're completing the circle. You're you're saying, right, we're gonna go we're gonna go find these influencers. We're gonna reach out to them, we're gonna build a relationship with them, and we're gonna keep this process going. You know, we're gonna we're then gonna use that content in ads. It's not you're you're using it in multiple ways. You're making the reward bigger, I guess, for that initial effort at the start, aren't you, with the with what you're talking about, rather than just let me contact this person. They said yes, they said no, they put a nice picture up, I've liked it, said so thanks very much, and that's it. You're actually you're actually making dual use of what's going on, which I think is, which is actually remarkably clever um, and remarkably simple all at the same time, which these things usually are, aren't you? And you're just mm-hmm. actually making your life easier by maximizing what you're getting from, from your, from your customers, from your influencers, from the people you've connected with. Is that right? Yeah. I, I think I'm going to start using you on our uh, BD calls because of just the way that you put things. <laughs> Differences between UK and uh the state side use of the English English language. Yeah, it's funny. I, I completely not related to anything. Maybe. <laughs> I used to live in the states for a little while, and um, and every day I would go out and I would you would inevitably end up talking to somebody. Oh, where are you from? Your accent, and then they would say to you things like, "Say this." What does oh this sound gosh. like? You know, and just give you words to say all the time. Say this. Say Liverpool. Like a puppet. Say or Liverpool, something. and they, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, it's like I'm a remote control. Just play, pause. And it was just really funny. Terrible and, Americans. Um, but one of the things, no, no, no. I figured this out, right? That actually, if um my son, my eldest son is thinking of going to the States in the summer for an internship. Right. And I said to him, uh, when, before he goes uh, this summer, I said, listen, here's the thing. Right. In fact, I also said this to some friends of mine who have just literally moved out last week. They've moved out to the States. I said to their kids, I took them aside and said, this is what's going to happen when you're in the States. You are going to walk into a shop or a takeout. You know, you're going to go into whatever McDonald's or whatever your favorite restaurant is. And you're going to go in there and you're going to go and ask for your food. 
in the strongest English accent you can possibly do, right? Just just go overboard and say, well, hello, it's a beautiful day, isn't it? And and just go crazy with it because you'll get more stuff. And that's what I figured out. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I always go, it was either free or they gave me extra. And so I didn't mind the five minutes conversation. I didn't mind saying Liverpool because there was always, there was always stuff I love that to get as a result. That's the so, word. That's so funny. <laughs> it was just crazy. Yeah, well, you know, these things that, uh, that you do. Right. Anyway, let's get back to the, to, the to rabbit hole. Hand. Yeah, the rabbit hole. Let's get back down there. So you've mentioned a few times about contracts, contract rights, contract with them to produce content on a regular basis. Um, everyone is instantly scared at this point because contracts equals litigation, mm -hmm. right? And it's just like, and it equals lawyers. And let's just be fair. I have some good friends who are lawyers. They won't mind me saying this. They're not the cheapest people on the planet to employ, are they? Really? And so you've, you've got to be committed to the to the cause of things. Start going down the contractual route. So, what are some of the tips and hints you've got here that are going to help us? Yeah, I mean, let's just tie it back into seating, right? Like those those litigations, those uh, contract disputes. A lot of those things are alleviated if you start the relationship the right way, right? You know, like mm -hmm. just on a transactional basis, if it doesn't go right, if they post without your approval or if they use the wrong copy and then you want to sue them, which I want to recommend, um, you know, it's going to go. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just a, a bad look. Um, but two things I, I recommend with contracts is just one, when it gets to that point, because to be clear, I'm not anti-contract with influencers. Mm. Um, when it gets to that point, though, you definitely want to have content approvals, so rounds of approval. So mm -hmm. they're going to produce three videos, one image. You want to have approvals on that content. So when they shoot the videos, you send it over. Okay, they said my brand name wrong. They said Nike, not Nike. We need to yeah. redo the video. Um, mm -hmm. And then uses rights. Um, when it gets to that point, as far as contracts, like you just got to at least have... 30, 60, 90, or content perpetuity in terms of usage rights. And that, that means that you're leveraging that content in other places, whether on your website, Facebook, Instagram advertising, et cetera, et cetera. The organic post that you're contracting them for is not enough. You just got to be able to, mm -hmm. you know, diversify your portfolio, if you will, not just put it all in one yeah. stock. Um, so those are the two things that I would recommend. That's uh, super helpful. I like that you, you, the the organic stuff content is is not enough, and so you want to be able to use it in other places and repurpose that content. And to do that, you're going to need to you're going to have a need to contract with them, which basically says that you've got their permission to do that without incurring any extra costs or whatever you know the the contractual arrangements are. Um, I remember, you know, we've worked with several brands over the years, and just some of the stuff you know around photographs and what you can do with them and what you can't do with them and it just it's incredible and so um i guess how tightly do you want to control that because is the purpose of influencer marketing to let them have a, their voice and it comes across as them being authentic sure. versus me scripting and controlling do you see what i mean so yeah is there a bit of ebb and flow there yeah absolutely um definitely send them like a creative brief so all that means is just like kind of a one cheater of, Hey, here's some talking points. Here's some example scenes, but it's all meant to be inspiration. We found that influencers do want guidelines. They just don't want like exact word for word scripting. So I would never recommend like mm -hmm. Matt, you must say this word for word. Mm -hmm. um, it's not going to sound natural. It's going to sound scripted. It's going to sound exactly like what you produced. So, but they also want to be like guided um, so there's certain talking points about your product or brand. And then if you have example scenes that you're hoping that they kind of do or match, then putting those in there as well. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Have you got, um, have you got an, people maybe that I could go follow on Instagram or brands that I could go follow on TikTok or whatever that are doing influencer marketing well. So I can sort of start to see the kind of things that they're getting. Do you know what I mean? Is, 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 have you got any examples? Yeah. 
Um, one that comes to mind is Gymshark. I mean, that's a yeah. that they've. I mean, they're obviously very, very big now. Um, they work with lots of influencers, but again, tying back to seating, that's how they started. That's how mm-hmm. Ben Francis started. Is just getting the product out to fitness influencers um, at a fitness show. So mm-hmm. that's how it started. Um, but I still think that they do influencer marketing well. Um, yeah, they're almost like the pioneers of it. Well, there was a, there were the the first company that I heard that had, that had made a killing out of doing influencer mm-hmm. marketing well. And it's the one where, you know, most people talk about, isn't it? Gymshark and definitely worth following if you don't do so already just from the lessons um, that you can get from their influencer program. But um, yeah, any, anybody else? None that come to mind. Um, obviously the brands that we work with. Uh, obviously, obviously just go to yeah, your website just, yeah. right? and just, and just, um, just look at all the cases. <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah absolutely no i well i guess um as we as we're sort of closing here on this cody i one i, I appreciate I've, I've got a much clearer understanding now of, of you know influence marketing the kind of things i should be looking at um what kind of things i should be doing if i'm listening to you going this is great it sounds all a bit daunting and a bit scary. What can, what should I start doing today? What's manageable today? Mm-hmm. Um, bringing it right back. What's, what could I do? What actions could I start taking today to start me off on the right process? Identifying influencers. Um, I think you could hire a VA. You could hire an intern. You could hire somebody to basically go out and find a list and then you have inventory, you can outreach um, and say exactly the message that I proposed of sending out a message, no strings attached and getting addresses and just start collecting data. Um, mm. If you reach out to 30 influencers, you ex- you should expect at least six to say, yes, I made the product and you should expect at least two of them to post for free. Now that doesn't sound like grandiose compared to 30 influencers, but as you do it at yeah. scale, those benchmarks should continue to be the minimum expectation. You obviously yeah. want to shoot for more. They should so, continue to improve. Um, yeah. No, I, and and uh, you've got to start small, haven't you? And learn right. And adapt and, and and go for it. Really. When when you're when you're sending out your your free product, sending out the gift. Um, I'm just thinking. How do I decide what do I send? Do I send my best product? Mm-hmm. Do I send my great question? Um, do I is there like a do I send a hundred bucks worth of product or fifty bucks worth of product if I've got a range? Yeah. What what is there a limit there or a, no limits a wrong phrase? Is there a principle? Is there a, a guiding principle? Yeah, I would think primarily whatever whatever product you want content around. So that's the long-term vision, right? Like, cause you're going to expect mm-hmm. some posts go live around your product. Um, so that's kind of, that's one piece of it. And then secondly, I would just think about like what actual, what is the, the hero product that I know people are going to love and it's going to actually fit the influencer. Um, so those are kind of the two ways that I would think about it. Um, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily like uh, basically as much as you can afford. Um, like we have a seating budget calculator, like that takes into your cogs and shipping and all that stuff, and times that by the amount of influencers that you're you want to send out product to. That's kind of your seating budget. Um, for one brand that has two hundred dollars worth of cogs, like that's probably one a month, <laughs> versus like the twenty dollar cog company that can send out a lot more. Whatever's gonna be impressive yeah. to the influencer. Um, send as much as you can but obviously one is completely fine yeah and, and make most of your budget i'm just thinking actually for one of the brands that we look after online that we um that we do we've got some new products coming out and i guess um would it work if i got a list of my customers for example went through those figured out who was more influency than the do you know what I mean and, and looked at their their sort of their social media um send them the free product and say, listen, this is a new product coming out, no strings attached to you, but we'd love to know what you think. Um, would that work? To your customers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. 
I, I think tying it back to influencers as well is that the more that you see, the more that people like this kind of goes into the follow-up. Like once you actually start working with these influencers consistently is including them on your seeding roster. So like when you do have new product launches, like you got an army of people that are saying like, Hey, this is the new product. You know, I used to do this all the time at the brand I was working at. These were our top 25. These were our top 50. We sent it to all top 50. And because they're such massive fans and they've worked with us consistently, 50% of them will just throw it up and say like, look at Kalo's new product, new, you know, stuff like that. So that's definitely something that I would recommend. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. So um, I think there's a whole stack load of ideas right there, isn't there? Uh, and hopefully there's enough to wet your whistle, as they say, and um, and get you excited about uh about the whole idea of influencer market influencer seeding cody just how can people reach you how can people get hold because i'm i'm thinking right i i own an e-commerce brand i'm like i get excited by this kind of thing and then the other part of me goes i've got resource to think about <laughs> now i've got to do this i've got to do yeah. that and so this is um this is where it's a beautiful thing that you're an agency because i just pick up the phone and go cody listen let's let's do a deal right yeah. now uh, people may want to reach out to you either to talk to you about your agency work or even just to ask you any questions about some of the things that you said today what's the best way for people to do that yeah i'm at cody Whittick on twitter and instagram that's where i put out content so um in addition to everything that we talked about so that's shoot me a dm um our agency website is kinship, K-Y-N-S-H-I-P.co. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of call to actions to get on a call or reach out. So um, those would be the ways to get a hold and then we can have a conversation and see kind of what next steps would be. Yeah, no, fantastic. And we will, of course, link to Cody and all of his uh, various methodologies for reaching him. Uh, Cody, listen, thank you so much for being with us on the show. We're going to have to get you back, but at some point, no doubt, to figure out what's new and what's happening. Um, Of course. But it's been a real treat, real privilege. And thank you for being so valuable in what you shared. Thank you, Matt. It's It's been a fun time. Well, a huge thanks to my very special guest, Cody. Uh, Great conversation, great interview, great insight, great principles. But what did you think? Did you get lots of notes as well? Of course you did. Of course you did. But I appreciate for some of you, it's not always that straightforward to take good notes. So you can get them for free, including the links, including the transcript from today's show at ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 92. You can check that out. And of course, If that is not enough, and why would it be when there's so much to learn about e-commerce? We have another fantastic guest next week. Gen Furikawa, uh, how to capture zero-party data to effectively personalize at scale. Sounds interesting, doesn't it? What is zero-party data? How can I gather it? How can I effectively do it? Well, my conversation with Gen is going to reveal all. Here is an excerpt. So Mm. these... these platforms that track customer data are no longer available. It's incumbent on brands to build that relationship to capture that data themselves. And I think that that is becoming a, uh, a defensive moat and a competitive advantage for those brands that have it. And once you do have it, then you can uh, create campaigns, you can create tighter segmentation to improve the relevance and the timeliness of uh, who you're sending and what messages and, and offers you're sending. I am looking forward again to this one. He's such a cool guy, again, genuinely cool guy. You just, you sit down and talk to him and go, you're cool. He's cool. You're definitely going to want to listen to it. Uh, he's, uh, he's such a cool guy. So to make sure you get that episode coming into your inbox, make sure you like and subscribe the uh, to the podcast, wherever you get your podcast from, whether it's Apple, whether it's Google, whether it's now Amazon, we're on Amazon, whether you do it through YouTube or Facebook, however you get the content, uh, like and subscribe to make sure it just arrives automatically uh, when it's released next week. And of course, if you do like it, I genuinely would appreciate it. If you could give the show a rating wherever you get your podcast from. I know every podcaster says, can you rate a show? And I think to myself sometimes when I'm listening, I can't. I'm in the car. I'm doing this or I'm doing that. If it's possible, please just give us a rating because it really helps us. It helps us grow. It helps us get the sponsors, which means it's going to help you because we can keep delivering the content. It's win-win. 
win-win all around. Uh, it just works all around. So genuinely appreciate that. As I said at the start of the show, the notes uh, and links from today's conversation with Cody are available online for free, ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 92. That's it from me. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, do come back. Like I say, next week, my conversation again is going to be amazing. No doubt you're not going to want to miss it. So have a fantastic week wherever you are in the world. Uh, bye for now. You've been listening to the e-commerce podcast with Matt Edmondson. Join us next time for more interviews, tips and tools for building your business online.